Großes in der Kleinstadt Winden ein Junge auf mysteriöse Weise verschwunden. Die Frage ist nicht, wer die Kinder entführt hat, sondern wann. Das Ende ist der Anfang. Und der Anfang ist das Ende. Tick, tick. Du wirst alles verstehen, wenn es an der Zeit ist zu verstehen. Tick, tick. Aber jede Entscheidung für etwas ist doch immer eine Entscheidung gegen etwas. Hello and welcome to Dark, a companion podcast to the Netflix TV series. I'm PB. I'm Acorn. I'm Merkels. Shall we begin? Yeah. Martha. So much to talk about with Martha. But before we do that, before we dive in, just want to point out that this is a companion podcast. It's not a watch along. So you definitely want to have seen the whole series, be hungry for more discussion. We've chosen to run the podcast as a discussion between friends. So we each go away with the topic for the week. We write our own notes and then we come together to share it. No sneak peeks beforehand. So that means we won't always get all the details completely right, but it should lend for more surprises. And ultimately, we want you to feel like you're in our living room discussing right alongside with us. And today, Marta. <laughs> Finally. <sighs> This has been a long time coming. Just right off the bat, I tried very hard to fall in love with Marta. I fell out of love with Marta as the series went on. And uh, I think she was very strong in the beginning. I really liked her. I thought she was a very honest and accurate portrayal of a young teenage girl in conflict. But I felt like she didn't get a lot of attention towards the end. And her desires and her motives kind of became cloudy to me. Whereas I felt like Adams were very clear. We knew that he wanted to end everything so that he would end everyone's suffering. We're going to continually suffer forever and ever unless I destroy the world. Whereas Marta is supposed to be the opposite of that. I don't want to end it because life is worth living even with the suffering. But I don't see that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's supposed to be I want my son to live or I want the world to live for my son. I want to experience my son. I don't I don't know. I, we don't get to know. So, yeah, it's that's just my personal take on Martha's arc. I don't know how you two feel about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um, I definitely feel similarly. I really quite liked Martha in the beginning. And I think by the time they introduced alt Martha, I was very excited. I was yes. like, oh, this she's going to be so cool. And yeah. then I feel like they just very quickly showed us that she was an unknowing pawn in everyone else's machinations yet again, which just kind of defeats a lot of what I was excited about by having her in a more powerful or empowered role by having the time machine and sort of moving things around, you very quickly find out that she's just doing what she's told, essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like this could have been another example where a fourth season would have been great, is that I feel like they kind of assumed maybe that the audience would just use Jonas's or Adam's narrative and its narrative length to kind of fill in the gaps with and Marta. apply it to Marta, but like, yeah. come on, no. Yeah. It's not you know, the same. It's not the same. And <laughs> I think it's season two, right? At the end of that, where she comes in and says, I'm not who you think I am. Yeah. And I went, mm -hmm. oh, they're going to do a completely different version of Marta. She's going to come in. And in a way, they kind of sort of did but I was hoping for a little bit more because this Marta is supposed to be the Marta that is running Eret Lux. So I 
I saw it as an opportunity for Jonas to meet a very different version of, you know, like that whole idea of who mm. are you, but, you know, everything that has happened to you that created you. So the idea that Marta could be conniving or just like incredibly cunning and, you know, more like Adam, but as she's young, then I would understand the Martha that she becomes. Yeah, we don't yeah. get to see any of what happens to her. I'm assuming in my head canon that most of it happens after she gives birth. Something it, yeah. must happen there because look at what happens to the fucking unknown. But their relationship mm -hmm. is very close. So I don't I don't know what happens, but I'm going to assume that's where it happens in the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my biggest problem with Martha, too. We don't see her turn into Ava. We see her as a teenager who just wants to save the world and save Jonas and not turn into what is obviously her older because she sees all these versions of her that are older yeah. than her. But we don't see her actually become Ava. And so that's, I think, what also adds awkwardness to the unknown, because at the time that she is pregnant with the unknown, she's introduced to the unknown grown as his yeah. mother. And it's just like she has no affection for this character. Yeah. And so there's like a huge gap missing in her timeline to see that transformation versus Adam and Jonas. We see him turn into Adam. But there's actually a period of time where we see him transform from the stranger into yeah. Adam. Yeah. And it's more powerful that way. To be fair, we don't really see the moment Adam becomes Adam. But it's fun to speculate on where that is. And there are a couple of points in the series that I think you could argue very well that that's his moment where he becomes Adam. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize until after it was over, I really appreciate him labeled as the stranger because he mm -hmm. is completely different from who Jonas is. And we don't know when that stranger becomes Adam. Yeah. And it is somewhere yeah. there with the stranger where he becomes Adam, right? So I yeah, like that. At the 10 house factory. Oh, I don't mm -hmm. have that moment with Marta. And I feel like part of that is because adult Marta gets a lot of exposition dialogue in season three. And that's like the only mm -hmm. place where we see her is her just villain monologuing sort of, you know? And yeah. um, <laughs> that was one of my main complaints with season three. I love this series, y'all. And I know that I've said I don't really enjoy season three. The end blew me away and I loved it. And I understand that they had limitations and they did the best that they could. And I love everything about this. But I was a little bit disappointed in those first couple of episodes where it was very exposition heavy. It felt like they were trying to explain everything quickly so that they could tie everything up. Mm -hmm. That was just my main disappointment that I don't want to harp on that again. But I feel like if we had seen and also season three adult Marta has so much restrained compassion that I want to know what happened there. You know, yeah, the yeah. actress does such a good job with her eyes. She loves that little Marta that's about to get caught in the face. She loves that adult Adam that she's fighting against. You can see it. And for a series that does such a good job at showing compassion is not a weakness. I would have liked to see more of that with yeah. her. Mm -hmm. The other thing as well, on top of the season three Marta exposition, Mm -hmm. They also introduce the concept of the paradox, yeah. the time paradox, which creates three different timelines within the universe of three different Martas. Yeah. And so they're telling mm -hmm. us all about these three different Martas and the journey that she goes on. Yeah. And it's just very difficult to find her as a person in the plot of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's plot driven yeah. versus character driven. Yeah. It's such a sudden deviation from the structure they'd been following up until yeah. that point. Dark has always been super strong with plot, but at the same time you're learning about characters and you're sympathizing with them and you're figuring out who they are as people. 
the plot somehow felt secondary to the characters. It felt like you followed yeah. the plot through the characters and yeah. it was kind of exactly. woven that way. You went from character to character and then you pieced together the plot. And then the third season, mm -hmm. it was like, here's the plot on a platter that a character is delivering to you through a monologue. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Except I will say this about season three, season three, the opening with Marta, I lost my shit. I was like, oh my God, everything's from oh a different angle. She's yeah. in the same house, but it's from a mirrored perspective. The music is like one note off. It's like slightly so higher pitched. I was losing my mind. I loved every second of that. And I really enjoyed seeing mm -hmm. decisive alt Marta because she is a bit more decisive in this one than she was in Jonas's world. That's true. Yeah. Yep. There were some differences and I, I do want to give her some credit. I just think it might have been a situation where they asked me to take a leap and I wanted a little bit more. I just wanted to see uh, some stuff doesn't make sense for me for Marta still. And that might be just me, not the fault of theirs, you know. So before we go too much further, I'm going to go ahead and go through the timeline. Get your popcorn or buckle up because it's pretty long for Marta. <laughs> I have to have have two open because I'm going to be doing Jonas's World Marta and then Alt World Marta. And on the dark.netflix.io website, which we love and that's what we're using for our summary recap, if you're in Jonas's World, the top dark reads straight. And if you're in the right hand side of the timeline, it's backwards and it's awesome. And I literally <laughs> never noticed that until today. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's so cool. Kind of a neat little detail. So we're going to start with Marta Nielsen, the second of Ulrich and Katarina Nielsen's three children. Marta is a sensitive girl who loves acting. Magnus and Mikkel are her brothers. In both worlds, she was cast as the lead in the school play. But in the alt world, she is alongside Killian Obendorf, who is her boyfriend offstage. In the origin world, there's a little bit of a lo love triangle between her, Jonas and Bartosz. Mm -hmm. On a hot summer day, season two, episode six, Marta and Jonas kiss for the first time at the lake. That evening, they meet again at their parents' party, and Marta gives Jonas the St. Christopher pendant that they found together at the lake. If you remember, that is actually from Katerina, who is murdered by her mother there and loses the pendant. Mm -hmm. They later sleep together that same night. Season one, episode one, Mikkel disappears. Marta and Magnus are supposed to be looking after their little brother, but they want to go with their friends to find missing Eric Orpendorf's secret drug stash, so they bring Mikkel along. Near the Winden Caves, their flashlights start to flicker and a penetrating sound fills the air. Panic breaks loose and everyone makes a run for it. Mikkel is nowhere to be found. Same day in Altworld, November the 4th, Marta encounters a strange boy who acts like he knows her. It's Jonas. On the same evening, she's hanging out in the woods with her boyfriend Killian, her brother Magnus, and her friends Bartosz and Francisca. After an eerie event at the Winden Caves, the teens seek shelter in the bunker. There, a child's body suddenly materializes out of nowhere. It's Mads Nielsen. This causes Marta to have a situation where Ulrich thinks that drugs are involved in the incident at the bunker and blames Killian. Marta mentions this to Killian. He realizes she doesn't trust him and ends their relationship. Meanwhile, in Origin World, Marta is dating Bartosh. This is after, you know, having this kiss with Jonas and then Jonas loses his father and goes away for four months and doesn't reply to Marta. Marta is texting him and sending him messages and he, he just ghosts her pretty much. So she moves on. And I know that can be frustrating to an audience, but just imagine being Marta for four months. You kiss a guy and then he never replies to you. Sleep with him even. And then he yeah, literally sleep goes. With him and then he never, yeah. yeah, and then he ghosts you. Yeah, that's right. They sleep together and yeah. then he just doesn't fucking reply to her. Sorry, Jonas, but you fucking, yeah. yeah. Fartosh was Oof. there, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
When Jonas returns to Winden after several months away, they rekindle their affection and kiss until Jonas discovers Mikkel is his father, making Marta his aunt without giving her any real reason. Again, Jonas suddenly rejects her and then disappears from Winden. She's still dating Bartosz, but she can't stop thinking about Jonas. And obviously she's dealing with issues at home. Her mom's really troubled, obviously, by the disappearance of her brother. She's lost her brother. Her whole family's falling apart. It, it is so much more than, sorry, dark.netflix.io, but it's so much more than the fact that she still has feelings for Jonas. There's a lot going on at home. Bartosz is also dealing with the loss of uh, his mother to cancer. They just cannot be there for each other emotionally. It comes to a head when they uh, have a discussion on the railroad tracks and they realize they have not been there for each other and are kind of doing that tit for tat thing where they're blaming. I will say this because I feel like this is a very sad, realistic, and also in some ways very healthy discussion that they have. It's a very adult conversation that these two have where it starts out angry. They're mad at each other. You aren't here for me. And but this is what I'm going through. I feel like it's a very realistic conversation where you can look at it and go, Oh, I see. They cannot be there for each other. They're just not a good match, which is a line they say in the show. We're the perfect match. Mm -hmm. This isn't one. And I think, you know, there will be times in your life where you will be in a really good match and then that match is no longer a good match. And it is nobody's fault. It's just the things that are happening in life to change you. And then you only have so much. You can't do everything. And sometimes things will happen in your life where you cannot be what that person needs you to be. And that's okay. It hurts. It sucks. Yep. But that's life. So I, I actually really appreciate that scene. Martha's first trip in Altworld. So we're back on the other timeline now. Marta meets Jonas again, and this time he manages to win her trust. They use the passage in the caves to travel to 2052, where there's nothing but a desert where Winden used to stand. An adult version of Marta warns that the apocalypse is two days away back in their present time. She tells them they can stop it if they prevent the yellow barrels from being opened. The teens return from the future and sleep together. Back to Jonas's world. A short trip to the past. Marta, Magnus, Francisca, and Elizabeth run into Bartosz in the Winden Caves. He's carrying a strange device that he claims is a time machine. To prove it, Bartosz and the group travel back in time to 1987. Bartosz claims that Noah predicted Jonas's return. So I think this is interesting because in both realities, Marta is presented with evidence really early on, but evidence within a group. So she has people to rely on. She has people that understand, whereas Jonas didn't, right? He traveled alone and then couldn't really tell anyone. I just thought that was interesting. Opposite ends where they were mirroring each other, yeah. even in just the way they were developing. I'll keep going with the timeline unless anybody wants to comment on anything because it's long. Origin world, Marta. She is hopeful that she'll see Jonas again when she finds the St. Christopher pendant on her pillow. But it was an aged Jonas, the stranger, who placed it there. When they meet, he tells her who he is and they share a moment of closeness before Katerina interrupts, revealing that Jonas is actually Marta's nephew. And in an attempt to save her life, the adult Jonas forces Marta into the bunker at gunpoint on the day of the apocalypse. Marta manages to escape from the bunker, she goes searching for the young Jonas and finds him in the Conwald house where they kiss. Adam suddenly appears and shoots Marta, leaving Jonas completely distraught. And that is the end of that Martha's timeline. Back mm -hmm. to Altworld, Marta gets an injury just below her eye while trying to break into the nuclear power plant. So this is back to we're trying to save the world in two days time. 
When Jonas sees it, he stops in his tracks and he realizes he can no longer trust anyone. He wants to learn the truth from Ava, so he goes to Eret Luck's headquarters and Martha follows. So the reason the scar stops him in his tracks is because he's already met elderly Ava. He's already met her and she has the mark. So he realizes that this Martha that he's met is just, this is just the same thing they've always done. Mm-hmm. Ava tells him that he's already fulfilled his purpose in this world. And then a slightly older version of Marta, with a large scar on her face, enters the room and shoots Jonas. So again, mirroring in Jonas's world, Marta gets shot and it changes him. In this world, Jonas gets shot and changes Marta. And mm-hmm. I actually really like that. I like that, that mirroring between these two kind of counterpart characters. Marta chooses to tell Magnus about the impending apocalypse, but he thinks she's nuts. Bartage, on the other hand, believes her. Ugh. I, I gotta fucking tell y'all. We'll get into it. But I think maybe Jonas and Marta are like counterparts. But I think Bartosz and Marta are a really good couple. Yeah. Uh huh. He's always there for her. There's something about those two. He believes her. <laughs> he wants to tell her about time travel. And yeah, I just. You know why? Bartosz and Marta mirror to some extent Alexander and Regina. Yes, they do. Oh. Yep. I wonder if that's also why Bartosh is so good with Marta is because mm-hmm. his he witnessed the love that his parents had. He has a great role model. Yeah. And he wants that with Marta. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I feel like Bartosh tries really hard. Like he gets frustrated in the beginning with the issue with Jonas, but she comes in and says, I fucked up. I did this thing and I didn't want to do it. And I still want to be with you. I made this mistake. And I feel like that's like that weird knot in the timeline. Like if Jonas wasn't around, she'd be with Bartosh. But then in alt world, she's not with Bartosh either. It's, yeah. it's very strange to me, but I feel like they're a really good match. You know what? I'm going to have to go back and watch those scenes in alt world with her and Bartosh to see the way Bartosh is looking at her. Because the way Bartosh looks at her in Jonas's world is like unreal. He's got it bad for her, dude. And it's <laughs> so good. Yeah. Anyway, back to the timeline. I know it's long. So she tells Bartosh and he believes her. So together they try to prevent his father, Alexander, from opening the yellow barrels and thus triggering the blast. He chooses her over his dad. On the way to the nuclear power plant, they are stopped by grown-up Magnus and Francisca, who convince Marta to join them in Adam's world, where she is meant to save Jonas from the apocalypse. And that is so heartbreaking. She chooses Jonas over Bartosh again. A second time. Yeah. Yeah. And leaves him so painful to be wiped out by the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. And he watches her go. Yeah. The course of all things is not unchangeable. Quantum entanglement can create parallel realities. In one reality, Marta saves Jonas from the apocalypse. In another, Bartosh prevents her from doing so. And in a third, Jonas brings Marta to another world. Marta arrives in Adam's world moments before the apocalypse strikes. Now, this is season two, the end of season two by the way. She arrives moments before the apocalypse strikes, finds Jonas in the Conwald house. He's holding the dead body of Marta from his world in his arms. Without any explanation, Marta activates her time travel sphere and takes Jonas to her world. She leaves him at the caves and travels onwards, returning to Adam's world. This time, she goes to 1888, where grown-up Jonas is stranded with Magnus, Francisca, and Bartosz. They don't seem to trust her, and Jonas claims he was never in her world. Marta tells Bartosz that Jonas will later become Adam. Now, this is so interesting. I missed this. 
that Bartosh chooses Marta again, a third time. Mm. So Marta tells Bartosh that Jonas will become Adam. Before she goes, Marta leaves behind a black matter that Jonas needs for the new time travel portal. I think that's when he loses faith. And then we see the scene after with his son mm, yeah. before he dies. Oh. Marta frees him from that, I think. And I could totally be wrong, but that's my standing theory in my headcanon at the moment. Now, Marta travels from the 19th century to 2053. In the new Sigmundus headquarters, Adam, the man behind her recent missions, explains the origin of the knot. Marta is pregnant with Jonas's child. Their child, born of both worlds, is the origin of the time traveler family tree. Adam wants to destroy the origin of the knot. He ties Marta up in the time travel portal in the former nuclear power plant and directs the forces of both apocalypses on her, killing her and her unborn child. Mm -hmm. So important. Savior Marta is the one who Adam kills in the chair. Yeah. Yeah. The one who saved Jonas. Yes. The one who had sex with Jonas when they came back and realized they could save the world. That's the same one. Well, I think they have sex in every single version of the... Yeah, because it's the point at which she goes to save Jonas that that becomes the quantum entanglement. So in the one version, she goes and saves Jonas and then the other Bartosh comes up behind her and is like... There's, come with me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But his plan doesn't work. Adam isn't aware that due to quantum entanglement, there's a second Marta out there who is still carrying the origin in her. In the second reality, Marta wants to go to the Conwald house in Adam's world and rescue Jonas from the impending apocalypse. But Bartosh from Ava's world stops her. He tells her that Adam lied and is planning to kill her. Marta believes Bartosh. And together they leave Adam's world using the time traveling sphere. Dude, what is going on between the two of them? They just believe each (laughs) other. There's just something there again and again. They are like, yep, except there's something that makes Martha choose Jonas. It's so sad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, good Lord. This timeline is so long and I need some water after this. Bartosh and Martha travel to the Eret Lux headquarters in 2052, where Ava is waiting for them. Martha is angry at her older self for having Jonas killed, but Ava assures her that someday she will understand and make the same decision. Ava then makes a deep cut across Martha's face, leaving a scar that will mark her for the rest of her life. Pause. We got to talk about this. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like the the only reason this happened is to so that the viewer can differentiate between the Marthas. Yeah, 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 totally. That is, I think, the only reason because there are so many Marthas. Yeah. 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 There are so many. And I feel like this is where my disappointment begins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In watching this season three, where I felt like they kind of didn't really do Marta justice. But then I think like, how else would I have done it? Yeah. Different hair color, maybe. I don't know. But then why? Why did she dye her hair? It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. There is a moment where she cuts her hair, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. She cuts it right before she leaves. To save Jonas. Yeah, to save Jonas. Yeah. So there's a reason she's got shorter hair, but then we need a reason to differentiate that Marta from the other Marta. So it's just like, yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like so, that's the only reason why they did that. And <laughs> In yeah. this scene that we're mm-hmm. about to go into, there's mm-hmm. yellow raincoat Martha who has long hair. There's scarred Marta who pulls the trigger. Mm-hmm. There's middle-aged Marta and there's old Marta who's Ava. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> so I get why they did that. But I just wish she had scarring from time because she time travels a lot in a short period. So just like something else to differentiate rather than self-harm. I'm going to scar mm. you for the rest of your life. I'm going to scar myself for the rest of my life as what a reminder. 
can we justify that at all? Uh, maybe it's a representation of the way that Adam is so scarred and that Adam did it to himself as well and continuously causes harm to young Jonas. Mm, I like that. More mirroring. Yeah. Think about being older. And think about the things that we've been through and the difficulties that we've been through. Yeah, but older me would never be... cause younger me harm, ever. Older me just wants to pick what up if younger you knew, me though? and go, I know. I'm so sorry. What if, for example, it, let's assume in this scenario, you know that you have to do something really important and you have mm -hmm. to be the person that you are today in order to do it. Do you then do what you need to? Yeah, but I don't need to scar myself. I, I just feel like yeah. purposefully hurting. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, it's to maintain the timeline, to make sure everything is lined up the way that it needs to be. Yeah, but, but where did that Marta weird... come from? Where yeah. then? Show where me where the that Marta comes from. First scar come is from. Is it because yeah. she got scarred? Is it because she saw a colder version of herself? She be, so she becomes that? Because I don't Imagine see Imagine not trusting your older self. Yeah. Imagine meeting your older self and your older self is like, oh, come here. And then slices yeah. your face open. Yeah. Unless... It's a situation where I know you're going to choose Jonas for some dumbass reason all the time. Yeah. So I have to do this thing to remind you or I don't know. It's or. It's so, oh, yeah. oh, my God. I you just got figured it, it out. Yep, OK, I just figured tell it out. us. That's exactly why. Because Jonas doesn't trust scarred Marta. Oh. And so she scars herself because it continues that loop. The moment well, you're no, scarred, Jonas cut. will no longer trust you. No, but that cut. So that scene where she yeah. gets the nick on her face and mm -hmm. then he realizes, oh, like I need to go talk to Eric Lux. Yeah. It's because the Marta that saved him had that nick on her face and it was fresh still. Yeah. Like it was yeah. recent. Yeah. And so he's like, hold on, you just got that. Yeah. That means that something is seriously going to happen. Yeah. Because I, the Marta that saves him doesn't have the scar yeah. on her face. Yeah, right. I think you're on to something. I yeah. Think yeah, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's more symbolic that this Marta has been marked. She's going to become Ava. So she's not trustworthy. But that's almost like yeah. worse. I don't know. But then again, yeah. something he about dies like, in the same scene. Yeah. So why? She scars you don't need to mark Marta. Yeah, and then he immediately dies. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. I think it's just maintaining. Maybe it's just me being all like, oh, the pregnancy and feminism. <laughs> but like, there's something there about like destroying the beauty of a youthful yeah. girl to represent the loss of innocence or something. Almost like forcefully making her become the crone that sort yeah. of thing like ripping her youth from her and yeah like taking her, her life path. almost yeah. in a yeah. way i don't know if it was over the eye I could see it being representative of like Odin or like the witch, you know? Yeah. You know, I could see some sort of metaphor there, but it on, honestly, it just feels like a way to differentiate her on screen. And I hate it, you know? Yeah, it honestly kind of feels like, oh, let's give her a scar. <laughs> Scars yeah. are cool. How did she get it? Uh, let's just have Ava do it so that we can track it. I yeah, don't know. Maybe I, that's... I don't know. I hope that yeah. we're wrong. Like there's a lot to love about Marta, but I just felt a little bit, a little bit disappointed. Most of that has to do with the pregnant trope, which we're going to get into here and uh, yep this is why three ladies on a podcast <laughs> where there's a very huge sci-fi trope is an issue um but <laughs> we're not talking about it 
There's no uh, devil's advocate here with Mar- us. Yeah, there is literally <laughs> no. no devil's advocate. <laughs> zero, um, zero, zero, zero. Not at all. Uh, so Marta? it's just going to be three ladies talking about how that sucks and it sucked our whole lives growing up <laughs> and how we fucking hate it. Yeah. Sorry. Not sorry. Marta reminds me of the Little Mermaid, Ariel. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Because the main thing about Ariel is that she wants something, obviously. Yeah. But everything that happens to her is something that someone else does to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She has very little agency and i feel like that's marta marta yeah, doesn't yeah. have any agency i think it's the illusion of agency and i think that's why it rings hollow to us is because we know we know because we saw claudia have agency yeah now, we know on, because though. we saw katarina because Jonas yeah. doesn't yeah. have any agency either i would say so yeah i would agree with that yeah i think i feel sad that marta doesn't have agency but Jonas doesn't either and they're both trapped in the same thing so i get that yeah, so it's realistic yeah, yeah it is realistic and they are mirroring each other and we do see it with claudia so we know that the writers can do it. Yeah. And then also their ultimate move of agency is the ending. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And where they both have agency in yes. that moment. So, yeah. yeah. I think where it falls apart for me, though, is we have so many scenes with Adam where he's ruminating on and thinking about the reason for him doing everything, even to the point where we see him sitting across from hallucination of Marta in the white dress. We see his pain. We see his reason for wanting to bring the end to the world. We're supposed to see Ava wanting to preserve the timeline to protect her son. And yet we don't see love or compassion from her. We see harm and destruction. And so I think for me, that's where I don't quite understand Ava's motives. And because of that, I don't really see how Marta becomes Ava because Marta starts out as a compassionate, loving character. And then all of a sudden is supposed to turn into this cold woman who's calloused and wanting to preserve the timeline just to protect her family, who we don't see her express any love to. Yeah, we've briefly touched on this before, but I'm just going to retouch on it again. That's all I needed. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. would much prefer Marta be this bleeding heart that she's always been. And that is why she's doing it. Because she doesn't need to be a cold hearted bitch to get the job done. She can literally be, no, Jonas, we can't kill everyone. We can't let the world end because then no one, none of these people will have these lives or memories or experiences and they're valid. They're worth something. You know, even if it ends in disaster, it's Mm -hmm. still worth experiencing life. When we talked about this before, we talked about two existentialist views, that nihilism. Yeah. There is no point. We're just here to exist and go through this. And then this kind of existentialist view where it's like you make your own purpose. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of sort of what they were exploring with Dark, but just didn't finish it. We saw that with Adam. Adam saying, all it is is pain and suffering. So I would have loved to just, if one of those fucking monologues about her plan had been talking to someone else, the whole thing of life isn't sweet without the sour. Yeah, there's going to be pain, but it's worth living. It's worth experiencing. And I will protect it no matter the cost. Yeah. I just yeah. got chills. That is right? what I want. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I want from that, Marta. But she becomes this, I'm tired of the world. Why would somebody that tired? And why are you still fighting for it? Yeah, why are you still <laughs> fighting for it? I want to see Adam tired of the world and then somebody who's still passionate. I want to see the opposites. But mm-hmm. maybe that's not what they wanted to do. Maybe they wanted to mirror each other. I, I don't know. I posit a theory. Yes. It's half-baked in my mind. So mm-hmm. we often see this repetition of Marta choosing Jonas. And I feel like, 
Marta always chooses Jonas to some extent. Yeah. So why does Ava not, not. choose him yeah. and choose everyone else? Yeah. And w- what is that? Because it has to come from somewhere. And if she's cold hearted and dead inside, then why is she choosing the life of all these people when she really just wants to choose Jonas? Is it that yeah. she can't? And so then she's like, I guess I'm just going to catch whatever glimpse I can of him. I don't know. Like, it's just this weird... Yeah, half fake theory. I think they hint that it's her son. Like she does it all for the sake of her son. But uh, yeah, Merck's just did a very, (laughs) very exaggerated eye roll. (laughs) Even if there was no son involved, it literally could be a story of Jonas saying everything ends in heartache. Everybody ends in pain. We have to end the world so that everyone can be free. And Marta saying, but I still want to have known you, even if it was only for five minutes, Mm -hmm. even if it was only for 10 minutes, your existence and my existence met and that's precious to me it could have literally been that yeah i would have been happy with that too but we don't see the relationship with her son and the only thing we see of her son is just this weird detached potentially minotaur metaphor murder machine yeah i don't know we have spoken on the idea that because the timeline is inherently poisonous Mm -hmm. no matter what the intentions are those intentions would ultimately be twisted and poisoned themselves so i guess i could also buy that at one point that was her intention but now it's a poisoned manipulated version of wanting to save everybody yes yes i think you're on to something there and i think i would buy that but i would buy that if it was shown because we see jonas's hope and drive to fix the timeline and to save everyone be polluted and corrupted into adam who just wants to destroy the timeline and kill everyone we don't see that transition for Marta. There is evidence, though. Is there? I think there's evidence. I think the evidence of Regina being dead of cancer in Marta's world already, which implies I think is something else that happened. we talked about, is, yeah. implies that it's more poisonous. Even the unknown himself being kind of a wretched person mm-hmm. with very little character. Yeah, like we that assume that she raised poisoned. him. Maybe it's the juxtaposition between they're the side of the light, quote unquote, but actually yeah. the yeah. world is darker than yeah. Jonas's world. Huh, that's interesting. I'm okay with that. I like that. Here's another thought. Jonas is the serpent because she's Ava, right? She's Eve. She's always tempted by Jonas. Mm. She will always go to Jonas. Even and though- she's Jonas's serpent too. Yeah. Because he will always go to her. Yeah, yeah. They're their own serpent and apple. Yeah. And so they take a bite of each other and ruin their lives. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. 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 I like that. I like that a lot. And that's so interesting because Marta always says yes to Jonas, but also Marta literally has an apple in her hand when she's approaching Jonas with the temptation to go. Do you think that's what they were going for then? I mean, potentially. There is that shot where they're like standing there in front of the painting, holding hands as the world falls apart. And it's half and half. So yeah, Yeah. I do do think it's possible. If that's the case, I could see then the reason for the unknown being the way that he is, because he's to some extent, maybe a representation of Cain who killed his brother and... He would be both Cain and Abel, wouldn't he? Yeah. I guess so. And he would just represent the poison that is what they have done. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Dude, did we just figure out the unknown? I I think think we we may have. Biblically, wasn't it Cain's descent? that ruined the world and forced God to send the flood to start over. Cain killed Abel. His descendants went on to corrupt the world. Yes. Biblically, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's where the flood came and wiped everyone out and Noah built the ark and everyone started fresh. I used to imagine God was a construction worker when I was in Baptist school. So I wasn't all there when they were telling me this stuff. So you'll have to forgive me. <laughs> that's okay. For not remembering it all. So the flood starting the world anew, maybe there's a tie to the timelines and the destruction of the timelines too. Yeah. You had, yeah. You had a face, yeah. PB. Yeah. I was I, Honestly, I was just Merck's saying she imagined... God as a construction worker, I was like, I love this woman and even when she was five, you know, and a yellow hat and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm okay with that. Then suddenly the unknown is okay. If we're not looking at human motivation for season three, and it's not character driven, it's all mythology and mythology and biblical. Yeah. Wow. You know what? I'm with you on that. Then yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. Like the first two. So wait a second. Hold on. Season one and season two are the character driven. Right. And then season three is the metaphor for everything that they're talking about. It's the mythos. It's the whatever. So much more makes sense as well. Uh Season one is Adam. Season two is Eve. Yeah. Season three is Is the result of the result. Yeah. Yep. Whatever. Oh, I, did we that's actually season three for me? <laughs> <laughs> On this note, then, the thing that I'm upset about with Marta is sort of a sociological, I don't know, cultural representation of women sort of thing where like yeah. I want more from her and I feel like it wasn't there. But you made a really good point about the fact that Jonas wasn't really either. And when I think about them as people and not a symbol of what we want things to be like yeah. or whatever, but just as people in real life and yeah. awful things happening and teenagers making decisions. Yeah. Also, yeah, we always want our women to do it all. It's true. Sometimes yeah. we we see that in media and it's so rare for us. It's more common now, but it's exciting when we get a female on screen that's doing the main character stuff, you know? Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. we want them to be what we want them to be. And we put a lot of expectations on her and we probably put a lot of expectations on ourselves. And at the end of the day, Marta's just a teenager who gets fucked over. Yeah. And so is Jonas. Yeah. If only we could have seen more. That makes it so much sense why it's... Sorry. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. You know how our grape about season three is that it's so expositional? Yeah. It's a mythology. Yeah. It's a a story. It's a story. Yeah. So they tell us it's plot driven because it's a stage play. It's It's a narrative that they're telling us. It's monologues because it's Oh my God. It's a stage play. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wow. No, stop. Stop. Yeah. Ava, no, stop. Oh my God. It's, it's the, it's, it is the play. It's Ava still in this. I bet she's still in the same fucking blocking dude. When she's giving those monologues, I bet it's the same blocking as when she's on stage in season one. Yeah. I'm going to go look and see if there's like (gasps) fucking trees and doors and shit behind her. dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait. Okay. Well, so much, so much of her scenes are in her lair where she's standing in the center of the room with the painting behind behind her her. and the doors on either side. Yes. I bet it's the same as season one when she's standing there in the play. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Dude, I think that's it. I think season three is a stage play. It's, it's, yeah. Wow. Yep. The mythos. Yep. The, it's the mythos. Yeah. Uh huh. It's all representative. Yeah. And that explains the unknown as well. Yeah. He's not a character he's, because he's not a character. Yeah. He's, he's a plot device for the, for the play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. And I'm into also, it. Wow, also, wow. I, uh, wow. wow. Yeah. Everything just flipped over for me and I have ultimate respect. <laughs> 
You know what would be crazy? I'm so sorry. It just occurred to me. You know what would be insane? I need to get Denki to review the language that is used in the third season because I actually wonder if maybe they use old German, theater level German. That would be such a great Which I don't think. That would be so cool. I feel like they would have translated it into old English. There is a distinction with certain words and certain the way that you say certain things that Mm -hmm. doesn't really translate into English, but makes sense to a native German Mm -hmm. speaker. So I think that would be curious. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. We also know that they feel very strongly about the stage play element because Marta is in a stage play in the actual show, but also they directly mirror scenes from a play that exists in this world. And it's not just a nod, it's direct replication. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea, and we had this theory in the very beginning that we are that audience and they are on that play, right? So, Dude, I just got, sorry, I just just freaked out (laughs) because I just got chills because I'm thinking again, it's about the audience and it's about the observer and it's about the Schrodinger's not until problem. we observe it observe that, it that's why season three is that way done like a yeah. stage play oh my fucking god okay <laughs> I, oh. I did not think oh. that we were gonna have any more mind blows in this fucking show i didn't think so either <laughs> but I, I redact everything oh that i said god. aside from the pregnant trope about marta and about season three yep wait a second I buy the pregnant trope because pregnant it, it, it's a it's a trope it's for a reason. Play. It's mythology. It's mythology. Yeah. No, <laughs> dude. Oh my god. It's a trope for oh a my reason. God. Oh my god. Oh my god. If for some reason the creators of the goddamn show <laughs> listen to this fucking podcast, please make it through to this episode because we got it eventually. We got know, there eventually. They left it unknown. The they were like they didn't do you get remember it. Us fucking <laughs> sitting there being like, no. I but they did such strong women here and here and here and here. Why did they do this dumbass fucking trope? Because like it's they a just play. fucked up once. Yeah. Oh my god. Because they're showing you it's a trope in all the fucking plays. Oh my god. Oh my fucking god. Okay. Listen, yeah. it's good. We're pretty. It's also. <laughs> Also, we got there eventually. We got there in the end. <laughs> oh, I just, wow. Okay. I want to remind you both of a scene because, mm-hmm. wow, this is really hitting me. Okay. So we go through all of that stuff. Marta mm-hmm. is in the chair. She dies. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. that really long pause on Adam as he's confused and wondering what is happening. And then enter yeah, stage left, the world ending? Claudia, where she comes in and monologues about what she's been doing and why this didn't work. You're absolutely correct, dude. Oh, she wow. literally enters the fucking. Oh, <laughs> Claudia, who oh. we haven't seen the whole oh season. Wait, stop. That's exactly. That's exactly. Marta dies, and Jonas is sitting there, and then enters stage left. Huh? Marta with the time travel device. We gotta go. Yep. It, it literally, literally sets make... the stage. Oh my! For God. season three, that is so cool. I also did not think we would have any more revelations in this I podcast. I thought we were going to wrap up with some like strong, heavy metaphors. We were mm-hmm. going to pitch about a sci-fi trope and then that would be it until the end because we've only got three episodes left. But man, we just solved season three. It's a stage play. It's all mythology. It's mythos. I fucking love it. It's so good. Okay, let me read the rest of her okay. timeline. <laughs> okay. Marta writes a letter to Jonas asking him to never give up hope. There is a way to save her, but she must die so she can live. She gives the letter to her adult self. Ava explains to Marta that she is pregnant with the origin of all life. The unknown enters the room. <laughs> Stage left. <laughs> and the boy goes to hug Marta. 
He is her and Jonas's son, but that is not all. The unknown also conceived Trant in both worlds with Agnes. Trant, in turn, is Ulrich's father, who is Marta's mother and Jonas's grandfather. It is an infinite cycle, an inseparable knot, and the unknown is at the center of it all. Ava tells Marta that her son will only live if the knot is preserved. Everything must occur as it always has. Everyone has to die to be born again. Marta travels to 2019, to the moment of Jonas's death, but this time she's holding the gun and pulls the trigger. More than 30 years later, Marta greets her younger self and Jonas in the bunker in 2052. She describes the impending apocalypse and claims her younger self has the power to prevent it. When grown-up Marta is on her own again, she completes the family tree, linking her own name with Jonas and adding their child, Tron's father. Adult Marta is present when her younger self writes the letter to Jonas. She brings the letter to Adam's world in 1888 and leaves it on Jonas's nightstand along with the golden pocket watch. At age 80, Marta is going by the name Ava. She is the leader of Eret Lux, which, like Sigmundus, is striving to control time travel. Unlike Adam, however, Ava does not want to destroy the knot, but rather to maintain it. When Jonas comes into her world, she asks him to share the secret of time travel with Marta. What she really wants, however, is for Jonas to create the origin with Marta. Shortly after he sleeps with Marta, she has him killed. So he's the broodmare. Interesting. Mm. If we're going with the idea that this is a stage play, and I'm honestly, I'm on that train pretty hard. Mm -hmm. If we're doing that, then they still found a way to flip that trope on its head. Just a little yeah. nod. Yeah. He was a means um, to an I think end. you just hit it. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I think appreciate. you just hit it. Yeah. Because yeah. normally that would have been the woman's role mm -hmm. in most sci-fi. Okay. As the apocalypse draws near, Ava gathers the members of Eret Lux, the so-called protectors of the knot. Bartage, Claudia, Noah, and Aegon travel through time to make sure all individuals are where they need to be, ensuring the two worlds remain intact. Adam finds Ava in the Eret Lux headquarters. As a young woman, she found Ava's dead body here, so she expects him to kill her. But quantum entanglement has created an alternate reality. Adam has removed the cartridges from his gun. Instead of killing her, Adam takes Ava's hand, and together they watch the world slowly disappear. In the third reality, Adam entrusts Jonas with a mission before he goes to Ava. Jonas appears just as Magnus and Francisca are trying to bring Marta into Adam's world. He activates the time travel sphere and lunges toward Marta. Together, they travel to 1986 in Adam's world. Jonas explains Adam's plans to Marta. They are supposed to travel to the original world and prevent Tanhaus from building the time machine that initially created two separate worlds. Marta and Jonas wait in the tunnel until the time travel passage opens for the first time. They are transported back to the original world. Marta loses sight of Jonas for a moment in a surreal, light-flooded, intermediate world, but she can see him as a little boy. He's looking into the basement and can see her too, but his father, Michael, cannot. When they arrive in the original world, Jonas describes a similar experience. Something like this had happened to them when they were children, too. Marta and Jonas arrive in the original world on November the 8th, 1971, the day H.G. Tanhouse's family dies in a car accident. Pain of this loss is what drives the clockmaker to build the time machine. As Merrick and Sonia Tanhouse drive out to the Winden, Marta and Jonas stand in front of their car and persuade them not to drive over the bridge where the fatal accident would have occurred. Merrick turns the car around. The end of two worlds. Merrick, Sonia, and baby Charlotte live. Tanhouse never builds the time machine. His world remains, but Adam and Ava's world and all of the inhabitants cease to exist. Marta and Jonas hold hands as they watch each other disappear. 
mirroring Adam and Eva. The end. Wow. That made me so emotional, dude. Yeah. We haven't really talked about the ending or them at the end yet. So we're almost there. Two more episodes, y'all, and and we'll get there. But I feel very satisfied with what we talked about today. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) We got two left. We've got Adam and Jonas. And then the end is the beginning. And the beginning is the end. The episode on Penthouse and the whole conclusion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that so much. So let's do some shout outs. Before we all get emotional and start crying about the end of the podcast. I know. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I guess I'll go first. Yeah, maybe that's why it's taking yeah. us so long to finish it. <laughs> yeah. We're busy. Life is life is being yeah, life right now. Let's let's, let's delay this up a little bit longer. I don't wanna yeah. I don't want it to end. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm Acorn. You can find me online at Acorn Bandit. You can also find me at joysons.com where I create enamel pins. That's J-O-I-S-A-N-S dot com. I also wrote back to someone recently. Thank you, listener, for writing in about dark pins and asking about, do we have a dark pin? Um, we will. Yeah. Yes, we will. And I think since we have the two episodes left, plus some Radio Wendens, we're going to have some more details about that soon. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Acorn came up with three really badass designs, and then we narrowed it down to one that we all immediately were like, this is so cool. And I know you're going to like it too. I just know it. It's going to be awesome. So yeah, I can't yeah. wait. Okay. Mergs, you're up. Hi, I'm Mergles. You can also find me on the internet things on Twitter and I stream on Twitch. That's it for me. Thanks. And I'm PB or Pumpkinberry. And I would like to use this time to formally apologize to the writers of Dark for <laughs> shitting on your entire third season <laughs> yeah. uh, and not realizing what you were doing. I should have known. This is all I want to say. I should have known when you wrote Katarina. I should have known when you wrote Claudia. I should have known. I should have trusted you not to throw in a pregnant trope. For you know, I should have, and I'm sorry, I didn't see it, but I see it now. We're a perfect match. Never believe anything else. Uh-huh. I can't wait to see the next thing that you write. That's it. That's it for me. And don't, please don't come follow me anywhere because I am ashamed. I'll see you next week. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Of course, if we've missed anything, you can tweet at us individually at Dark Companion Pod or email darkcompanionpod at gmail.com. Of course, special thanks to Johnny Caballero for letting us use the beautiful cover art. You can find him on Twitter at Johnny Knight, and that is spelled J-H-O-N-Y-K-N-I-G-H-T. We are also proudly part of the Geek Generation Network, and you can find more awesome podcasts related to cool, nerdy things like TV, comics, and movies at thegeekgeneration.com. Thank you so much for diving into dark with us, and we'll be back next Thursday with Radio Winden. We've got some big emails. I just want to let everyone know we have someone who has been emailing us, a wonderful listener who is very excited and I believe is live emailing us as they watch the (laughs) series, which is amazing. So shout out to Steven. We're going to read some of your emails next week. And uh, thank you so much for writing in. See you all next week. Bye. Bye.